71-38. to Your final score as Westlake takes care of Roosevelt. And I know, Coach, as uh, Robert Luceros joins us here on the uh, postgame podcast, Coach, 71-38, to I know that this was not necessarily something you expected, but uh, your team came out and came out and fired on all cylinders from the get-go, both offensively and defensively. I'll get some stats pulled up here, but your overall assessment of tonight's game. Um, well, I thought that um, as the w- game went on, I thought we got better. Uh, so I thought, you know, we started off doing some good stuff. Uh, KJ obviously got the two fouls, uh, and the game was kind of uh, like all playoff games, you know, it's a little sporadic to start off with. And then I thought we did a good job of getting the ball uh, into the post and kicking out for shots. And uh, then uh, we did a bit. And then as the game went on, you know, I, I thought we had the advantage inside. And, you know, KJ and Nakari uh, did a great job uh, scoring. And then, you know, P and, and everybody uh, were really physical and the ball is in the air. And that helps us a ton all the time uh, when you have uh, that, that kind of effort uh, rebounding uh, because then it just kind of can wear down the other team. Um, and then our defense got better uh, controlling number two in the second half. Uh, we didn't do a great job in the first half of controlling them uh, off the ball screen. Uh, so we have to try to do some different things in the second half. Uh, and, uh, and I thought they did a good job. Well, here's what it comes down to, Coach. And, and you can talk all about the physical play. And I think that was really a key to the ball game. And I'll make my points about the two-man game between K.J. Adams and Nakari Igehan in a moment. But when you look at the overall defensive effort in the second half, this was a game that at the break, there were 27 points on the board for the Rough Riders of Roosevelt. You allowed 11 points in the second half. That's all they were allowed. That's all they got. And, and really, what it comes down to is obviously the whistles were blowing early. You had picked up a couple of offensive fouls. In fact, four offensive fouls of the seven in the first half. And and one of the things that you saw was the team automatically refocused. I don't think anybody panicked. And I think that's something that we talk about quite some uh, at different times during the course of the season is what happens when some adversity comes your way you saw an offensive foul against uh, Moat you saw two offensive fouls against KJ and no one panicked and everybody started to play their game what was that like for you watching that on the bench watching your team not panic and not having to be told not to panic well I think it's just like you you have uh, some guys that have been through several seasons and a lot of playoff games Um, and then every you know we try to build on every game and so there was games like if if we we look at the midway game uh, um, before things, right before Thanksgiving, I'm pretty sure that we had like you know seven offensive fouls in that game, and and it's like you're you don't think that they're all fouls and they might have not been, but you get to learn from that game and you can say oh well, uh, this is gonna help us down the road. So now when there's another team that does a great job of sliding and taking charges, well we've been through this before already. Um, we now we just gotta make sure that we're hitting two. Uh, so that way, and and hitting the open man, so that way we don't get into foul trouble. Um, and so I thought they did a good job adjusting. So we've talked about the the stat that you and I both like to look at: the offensive glass and obviously rebounds and and all. Thirteen boards for Roosevelt. Only one of those on the offensive glass for the Westlake Chaparrales. You had thirty-one rebounds, seven of those offensively, twenty-four of those defense. You talked about being physical underneath the hoop and we saw that again and in the second half it really seems like KJ Adams wants Nakari Gahan to be more physical down low and it's weird to see a two-man game happen between the bigs but as the uh, traffic kind of draws in on KJ he is just absolutely determined to make uh, Nakari Gahan a more physical player down low and we saw it tonight the two-handed dunk the one-handed dunk by KJ it really seemed like those two operate on a different level when they're in the ball game and they know that they have the mismatch down low yeah and it's just like what we do every day in practice um 
there, uh, Nakari is hard to handle on the block. Um, he has to go against P, who's going to never back down and is extremely physical. Uh, and so then P's getting Nakari ready for the game. Uh, KJ's played with, you know, a big like Will, where he knows how to throw the high-low pass. Uh, you know, it's very similar to some of the teams we had in the past. But uh, when you have the perimeter shooting like we do, uh, they have to pick their poison if they want to double the team, the post, or if they want to stay attached to shooters. Um, and so it was just an opportunity for us to make sure that we got the ball into the paint before we uh, took threes. Despite the foul trouble for uh, for Jaden Greathouse, you really saw how his athleticism can really neutralize off the bench. And even when he's open, he's had the opportunity to drain two threes. We've seen that in moments, while obviously K.J. Adams is your offensive go-to, it's those big shots and key moments, whether it's Ian Moat with uh, two threes in the first half, whether it's Cade Mankle drilling one right off the bat to get the game going, or McManus getting a shot in the corner. What Blake, you're not seeing, yeah, Blake Nielsen, yeah. you're getting all of these guys that, that are really focused and staying in the moment, and they're taking advantage. Where there is opportunity, they're trying to connect. And, and tonight we saw everybody contribute, and I think that's something going into the third round and uh, playing the winner of Round Rock and Johnson. You're, you're looking at this from a total team perspective and not just the success of one or two players. Yeah, I mean, if, if we want to make a deep run, it's going to be about the team, you know, and it's going to be about being able to play different games, based uh, different styles based upon the game. Um, we're going to do some try to uh, – control the, the style of play to a certain extent, but we want to be able to play uh, up and down, or we want to be able to play half-court execution. We want to be able to play against a pressing team that gets uh, uh, versus a zone team. So it really comes to, like, all the guys being able to contribute because it's going to take all of us. Uh, you know, one of the things with Mo with his ankle still uh, bothering him a little bit from the other night, uh, then you get Jaden who can ha and handle the ball and allow Mo to take release some of that pressure. You, you know, Kay can play some point guard. Uh, we got Diego if we need to. So uh, having those guys uh, like, like Jayden who can play point, but then also uh, who can uh, uh, guard somebody so that you're not wearing out um, one, of, uh, like one of the older guys is really helpful for us. No doubt. And we take a look at uh, Round Rock and Johnson. Do we have, I see you looking at your phone, do we have a final there just yet? No, uh, jo Johnson's winning right now um, with a couple minutes to go. Coach Blackshear is there scouting, but we're not sure uh, the final. Uh, no doubt. So we'll make sure to the second that, do we have a, a time and location for either just yet? Uh, we'll probably Round find Rock out. is going to be probably here at Hayes and Johnson, but um, we're not sure about San Antonio yet. No doubt, no doubt. He's Robert Lucero, the head men's basketball coach, and uh, victorious here in the area championship, 71-38. to 38. Congratulations, Coach. We'll see you down the road in the third round of the playoffs.